大家好 ，I'm Bella from Bella Simple Chinese School. If you are beginner, intermediate, advanced, looking for HSK study, business Chinese, or simply want to improve your everyday communication, I'm the teacher for you. Come and join me for a free trial class at Bella Simple Chinese School. Time to the UK as well, like with the band. With、uh, BAs, it was the first time to England. Yeah. Right. So, what was that experience like? A whole new crowd.、Uh, I don't know. He's more pop. The two styles had all those hits and the massive record.、Mm. We were kind of a bit the you know, leather pants glam rock at that point.、Mm. So some gigs didn't. Some gigs went over better than others. There was entire like crowds that kind of didn't get us.、Mm. Some. Some of them were a little bit、uh, hostile towards us, I would say. Bon, a few other places,、uh, they just they wanted to see the headline. Yeah. So yeah, the Brian Adams had had these、um, these ticket stubs, had the thing, and then what they do, they hold them up with the cigarette lighters. And I'm thinking, oh great, you got this the cigarette lighter. We got this lighters. Like, how beautiful does this look? There's thousands of people holding up their lighters. What they're doing is going, we're here to see this guy, not you. <laughs> And it was really, a, it was well, a, a passive aggression. Wow,、well, I've never heard of that passive before. Aggression sign, yeah, yeah.、Wow. But anyway, that's cool. We didn't、sure. care.、Ah. We were, you know, we were just on our tour bus, having fun, and it, that was a great tour. And you know,、uh, myself and Keith Scott have been good friends ever since. Yeah, right. What were some of the things you got out of that tour? Memories that you can think of? Memories. We stole Brian Adams's encore in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> the last tour, we're like, what's he gonna do? Because every every night he'd do two encores. The second of which would start with, "Come on, everybody!" <laughs> so we'd learnt the song, and on the last night we、uh, convinced their people to detain them under the stage、oh, while we jumped on, dressed as them, plugged into their amps, and started the song. I think I saw that in Milan, which was unreal. Until you get like twenty thousand people booing it, <laughs> <laughs> who kind of didn't get the, the joke. <laughs> But we, we were, thought, you know, we thought we, we, you know, we'd had a couple of beers at that point, and but、uh, what's the worst thing they can do? They can't throw us off the tour. Yeah, it's the last night, and the expression <laughs> on Brian's face when he walks up the ramp is like, oh my god, really? <laughs> So he's so pretty. Up, yeah, they got up and played, but yeah, very, yeah, very funny. And they get the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> gig. 
watching all of the interviews, I just got that vibe where it was really loose and lots of jokes and lots of laughing. And that's what's been and been all about, right? Especially with the baby animals. It's pretty loose. And there's, there is a lot of laughing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've got to, when you, you know, it's not about the hour and a half on stage. It's about the other 22 and a half hours that you spend in the van. Yeah. And if that's no fun, then the whole, then the stage thing's no fun. So, you know, you, you try and invest. In, and often when you, you know, do go on long tours and stuff, your boredom kind of gets, it's a bit like, I guess it's a bit like being in jail. You, you invent things to do or invent little languages or dialects or jokes or, Things and sometimes record company people would come in and we'd be talking amongst ourselves and they had no idea what we're talking about because <laughs> we've been speaking in this kind of dialect or doing these little gags or whatever or these little movements or whatever for so long that they yes. have no idea what's going on, you know, because it's quite insular, right? Yes. All you have is each other, yeah, in different hotel rooms and things like that, but it develops and then. Did you come back to Australia or did you go – then did you go on the, the Van Halen? After that, we came back to Australia and, and, and did some more did some more, more shows. shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the second time around, how were the fans? That would have been going bonkers second time around, was, right? Yeah, it was building. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So how did you react to that? Like, all of a sudden, you're a big rock star. Oh, my head swelled beyond belief. Money's coming in. Yeah. Six yes, drugs, drop and roll. Would, to thinking that you know this is going to last forever. Yeah. It's going to be hell. Yeah, we're on the home stretch now. We bought houses and actually no, we didn't buy houses until after the Van Halen tour. And then you got the call to go on the Van Halen tour, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Um, the dream come true. Yeah. So the, the ultimate. And I've seen videos and pictures of you backstage. So it, it was pretty kind to come in and. Interact with you guys after the show, you know, when he's when he's available? After, before. Yeah, before. right. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. often often before. And come Because, mm. you know, they'd have these ornate band rooms and all these you know, dressing things and and we'd have, like, you know, a couple of couple of toilets down the end of the hallway with a couple of tubs of beer and a couple of PV amps. Yeah. And so he'd come and look us up. He'd be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, what do you do? He'd come and sit down and, you know, have a play, have a beer. Often we'd have to leave him there. Yeah, right. Well, wow. Um, you can sit and play, but um, we've kind of got to go on. <laughs> so, <Right>. so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Make yourself at home. It was but so cool. It was really great. Cool. Was a dream come true, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, and he yeah. gave you a guitar as well. Is that true? Yes. On the last night of the first leg, right. he'd always have a guitar around his neck, you know. <sighs> Every time you see him, he'd be playing. It's that he's that dedicated. It's that it's the, the third arm, you know. Yeah. And on the last night of the yeah the first leg that we did, we did two big legs of them. He walked in with a guitar case. I'm like, oh, okay, this is different. Hey, come check this out. Of course, you know, because him coming into our band room is it's just it's it's easy. He did it all the time, so it was no big deal. Guitar case, ah. Oh. He goes, hey, come and have a look at this. So, oh, what's that? So he opens up this case and there's this guitar in there, it's a red EVH. I said, oh, cool. Is that, he goes, I said, is that your new guitar? And he goes, no, it's your new guitar. Wow. Said, oh, wow, <laughs> man. Yeah, that was a trip. I still, yeah. remember, I still get a goosebump. Yeah. 
Have you still right still in the cupboard? Right. Oh, that's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't come out much. It needs new frets. All right. I played the, the heck out of it. When <laughs> I, you know, I forgot it for years. I played played it to to death. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Shades and Dangerous record. Yeah. And right. Tours and stuff like that. It was always that guitar. Yeah. Mm, that's it. That's interesting. Yeah. Album went number one. Hmm. It was the come first off. night of Van Halen tour. First night. There you go. Tricks. 26th of January, 92. I'm not a rain man, but I just that kind of thing. <laughs> it was the first night of the Van Halen tour, and it was also Ed Van Halen's birthday. Oh, it was a bingo. It was, are, a, it was like the, the, perfect storm, the perfect storm. Yeah. And it was just interesting to see that uh, when you did on the ARIA charts, number two was Nirvana, Nevermind. Oh, but really? I saw that last night. Wow, that's a big one. I didn't realise that. Wow. There you go. Second biggest album in 92, four times platinum, three ARIA awards. Damn, you were hot. And it wasn't until Jet you had, like, the longest number one debut album for the ARIA charts, and it wasn't until Jet. Jet and highest selling debut before. Highest selling debut until Jet. So that's what an amazing achievement. And, uh, yeah, like I said, my first cassette was that album, and – and every time you turn the, on the radio, oh, I love yourself in. <laughs> Great. Did you do the rest of the world or what was the plan there? Went and did Europe um, for probably a month, I think, back in, in the places that we'd gone to Brian Adams with previously to try and mm. capitalise on those, which was great because then yeah. we do, you know, two, three, four hundred seat clubs in Germany and all that sort of thing and that that worked out great because we there was a, you know a bit of that residual from having done that the tour a year mm. earlier, and the you know the album had it sort of got a bit a little bit of traction over there. So that was a good run as well. That was a great tour actually, and then went yeah. back and did another three or four months with Van Halen in the states. Wow. Yeah, we did a lot of gigs with those guys, man. We, we did that was a lot. It was a lot of shows. Yeah. With that second leg, with a with the crowd sort of starting to you know get along with your your set there was momentum there because we during the meantime we had some covered some ground with mtv and uh, mtv was playing painless right like, you know that's all label driven as well you know it got nothing to yeah. do with anything that i did <laughs> <laughs> there was at least an, an awareness there and so we spent a lot of time going to record stores and doing like spinal tap type type of Album signings, you know, to maybe two or three people. Sometimes there was more. Often there was, you know, not that many. But you'd turn up and you'd meet the 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 guy, the label guy. You'd go and meet the uh, the, the radio station. Mm. So you, you you travel on the bus. You get into the into town at kind of like ten or eleven a.m. Having slept on the bus, go get a shower in the venue, which is usually like a basketball shower, like twenty you know twenty showers along the. The thing there, try and get a private, try and get a private space to so go and have a shower, then meet at some place, meet a record company exec who will go and take you to a radio station and a record store, and go and do that and and do that before. Then you come back, have some lunch, go do sound check. That was a day to day thing. That was like mm-hmm. that's how to work a record, you know. Yeah. And and be funny, especially on the radio stations where they love the ass. Oh, the Aussies are here. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> First thing is to say is, can you say tits on the radio? And they go, oh, you're bald. 
<laughs> or something like that, you know, and just just to break the ice and just set them off, you know. Yeah. So that was good. We we got we got good at doing it. Yeah. Because we had to do it so often, so we'd had a bit of a we we developed a bit of a shtick, you know, between myself and Suze and the other boys. We'd like just how to how to walk in there and 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 get and win them over. Right. Right. Away. It became kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was good. The whole Aussie charm, the accent, come on. The oh, Aussie, what? exactly. The Aussies are here. Yeah, I love oh, the it. The Aussies are with Van Halen tonight <laughs> at the Astrodome. <laughs> David Letterman, you got a chance to go on David Letterman. And I, I was watching it last night, Painless. And yeah, how was it? What, what was the solo like? Yeah, but that's what I wanted to ask. What what happened there? Was was it your foot pedal or was something? My amp or something like that. I spoke to a guy uh, the other week who said, "Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was like a country and western thing." I haven't watched it, so yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably watch it. You know, when I'm under sedation on my deathbed. <laughs> it was it was a really highly traumatic moment for me. But it, it was it's just really interesting because they were saying that you had to have a part of the house band. Yeah. So. Your drummer played acoustic guitar. No, uh, the bass player did. See, oh, the bass, oh, bass. Up as well. Yeah, I know. I used to get mixed up as well, but it was the bass player at the time. Yeah. Why, why, why is that? Was that like just a rule that they had oh, that to, cool. to play at the show? or? Yep, that was the rule. You had to play, you had to in, integrate with their band because, you know, they're the world's hottest house band, which they yeah. probably are. You know, yeah. And, they, and still are, but they were the world's twice as loud house band when, they came, when we came back on. And when my amp got plugged back in, all the settings that I left on there in the afternoon apparently had been erased. So any wow. wasn't what I thought it was because it wasn't the amp that I ordered. Thank you very much, very much, Peavy. So I pressed this thing thinking that it was going to do something, and it did something completely different. Just like a clean, clean sound. Yeah. 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 But you're already playing clean, clean anyway. through that. I think Susie sort of turned around, but she sort of kept going. It sounded fine, but when you've heard the song so many times and you yeah, wait exactly. for that, that little boost, oh, what happened there? Something's something yeah, going on. So. Everyone told me at the time I was horrified after that mm. night. Right? I was, like, yeah. mortified. Even at the time, I'm thinking, how many people are watching this right now? I'm like, what, a million, a billion <laughs> yeah, so we went back on because that was a break in the Van Halen tour. So we went back on out on tour with Van Halen mm. next night. And I'm thinking, oh, it's okay, it's all right, it's all right. But no one knows. Woody Albanese is going. Don't worry about it. No one noticed it. No one cares. Speaking of no one noticed it, but so the next night I'm I'm warming up in the in the band room. And there's a knock on the door. Edward Van Halen sticks his head in and goes, "Nice solo." <laughs> He goes, uh, what happened? I'm going, oh, I don't know. Your mate, your fucking mates with fucking Peavy <laughs> stitched me up with this fucking stupid amp. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Anyway, no one noticed except for Edward Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. He said, what happened? There you go. Yeah. I saw it on your Instagram that you did Hey, Hey, It's Saturday. What was that like? Did you get actually get to play that or was that like you had to mime it? We did it three times. I think we did two mimes and one live. There's right. one called, uh, yeah, well, Impossible to Fly, the Blues song, which was on the night of my sister's 21st birthday. I remember it well. And, and our management's going, don't go live because the more chances you give them to fuck it up, they'll fuck it up. That's why everyone yeah. went on there live or just with a, a mime and a live vocal. Just to yes. keep it safe and keep it family friendly and all that sort of stuff. 
we did impossible to fly like 100% live. Right. So yeah, you're on such a high plans to record the next album. Like I've heard people say, and maybe it was the band. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, it maybe was a little bit rushed. Shaved and dangerous. I love this album. I really like it. The guitars just stands out for me. It's, it's funny because um, when we were on the road yeah, with Van Halen, Robert Plant, and stuff like that. Oh no, actually not with more Van Halen. We did have a four track on the road. We're trying to write ideas, but we we're just too busy having fun. Yeah. Remember at the time going, you know, you got to you got to follow up on this one. We got to, you know, we've got a momentum here, and all we did was jam. We just loved to jam, open ended yeah. jams, and so which you know we resulted in songs like um, Lights Out Eleven, which was like an open end because we on a night off in Van Halen, we went out to this studio somewhere. I think it was New Orleans. The the first the the, the seeds of Lights Out were were done on a night off. And just um, you know, nights off, just go and get a rehearsal room. Me and Frank, Susie didn't want to do it, so we just try and work on ideas to go and do that. So it was a bit frag. It was a bit fragmented. We didn't have the luxury of being together, well, in a like that nine to five home base thing that we had the first time round. Mm. So it was uh, it was a little bit pushed into it. Yeah, mm. it wasn't really finished when we started to do it. And you also went to the Bahamas to pre-record it. Yeah, we went to Compass Point in the Bahamas, but we started it at, at Bearsville at Woodstock where we started the first one. So right. we've gone the bass and drums or the you know, the basic tracks at that studio. So we'd gone back there, which was really cool too. Mm. It was a good – but Nuno was with us at that point, you know, so a second guitarist, which was, was really cool. I saw that in the credits that he that he got like producer credit and also played on two or three tracks. Is that is that right? Yeah, he played on two or three. Yeah, yeah, he played a couple of tracks. So, what do you think uh, Nuno brought into that album? Well, apart from a lot of perfume and earrings. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that a good? No, thing he was great. <laughs> the thing is, the guy's a musical badass. Yeah. It's like all, all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, yeah, that no, was we're, we're still good friends. It's it's good. We needed him at that at that point because uh, song wise we were lacking a little bit. And he's a song guy, right? Just, and as much as I love Ed Stasium, Ed, Ed, I don't know Ed and his uh, engineer Paul, they just couldn't help us with this the structure. But it wasn't like Mike Chapman had. What are you going to do? Is you got to put this bit here, put that there, do that. And Mike did you know all that with all the stuff he'd work with. Yes. Whereas Ed kind of He's probably, if he listens to this, and I'm, you know, okay. Um, he he was used to working with it, with bands that already sounded like they'd sound. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Ramones, Living Color, Hoodoo Gurus, Smithereens. Yeah. They already yeah. had a thing. Needed kind of help on exactly the the direction that we should take because we were going in a kind of Living Color thingy direction, but we should have gone maybe back to the suite. Yes. You know what I mean? Back to where it was in the, you know, first record. I don't know, retrospect. And I'm it was very, it was pretty hard edged though. I don't know. It was. I was and it was very know. technical as well, like uh, with, the guitar, with the guitar, yeah, and the, uh, the off beats and the, yeah. So. You know, his mates liked it. But, <laughs> The rest of the general public, it, it just it did, they didn't get it. Yeah, it was a and, fatal error. 
a fatal error on your second record. And then, like, the, the touring for that, was it as hardcore as the first album? More Australian shows. We 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 did a tour with Robert Plant. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, it was Shaden Davis. So right. We were that, that techno, metal, rock, living colour thing at that point, which was, like, not the perfect fit for the, the well, you know. Classic rock. Band. But, yeah. um. Uh, it was it was oh man it was great too it's great to see Robert Plant play every night yeah wow you know people don't want to dance to something in eleven eight <laughs> <laughs> what's eleven eight <laughs> exactly yeah 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 I, I totally understand yeah was I've always wanted to ask this question was there plans to do a third album there were songs but there was a um a matter of a a five-year-old management deal that we'd had with our original manager. Right. It was coming up for renegotiation. And that's the other thing that I wanted to ask too because there no internet there. So all of a sudden, one of my favourite bands is getting played on, on the radio and then they're playing everywhere and I'm almost getting to to see you play and then all of a sudden just didn't hear anything. Yeah, after, after Susie got married and kind of moved to to the states and then the court case hit us we were kind of effectively dismantled yeah you said before about that plan b that was the next plan okay baby animals was that it or did you join other bands after the baby animals I played with richard clapton for a while then played with jimmy barnes for a while which was good fun come you on know. yeah it was good it was loud after being in a Tesla cover band before. i know that was really funny actually our first rehearsal we'd done a couple of his songs and then he and we had I'd said nothing about it previously. Right. I thought, oh, okay, I'm just I'm coming in here kind of under the radar. And then it comes to Ksan, he looks at me, he goes, ah, I figure you already know this one, right? We're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But what else did you do after that? And you were saying last night how there was no plan B. So uh, tell us a little bit about that stage. That stage, yeah, it was, it was kind of tough because I was a, a fresh father. My first mm. son was born in 95. The band broke up in kind of 96 or so. Yeah. I used to, my, the kid's mum went back to work. I was playing with Richard and Jimmy, you know, part-time, oh, right. like a full-time sort of, oh, there was no constant income coming in there was there was it was sporadic so she went back to work and i used to you know do the washing up sometime you know 10 30 some mornings and you know look out the window and i'm in, in this court case with with the management and it's uh, to cry <laughs> my kid's crying i'm crying I'm like what the fuck just happened you know <laughs> over the last over the last period of time wow what are you what are you going to do Angus Young, around a couple of years ago, when they were saying about the ACDC always breaking up, and and he says, I played guitar all my life. If you get rid of ACDC, what am I going to do? <laughs> this is my life. I have to play guitar. Were you thinking about doing, like, recording, being, like, a producer? Or, well, we did or, Susie's solo record. That's right. I moved to Boston right. to do, right. like, something really crazy. So, um, you know, me and Susie were still good friends, and we'd worked on a lot of songs together. Mm. She'd married Nuno this time, yeah, by this stage, and she'd got this deal with with Mushroom. So let's 
she wants to do a solo record. Can I be on it? Oh. You want to be? Oh, yeah, I'd love to be on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, we're based in Boston. Um, do you want to move to Boston? Like, why not? What was that experience like in Boston? We went over there. The kid's mum thought it was a bad idea from the get-go. <laughs> right, right. Turns out she was kind of right, but I thought, why not give it a go anyway? Yeah, yeah. So we spent nearly a year in Boston, during which time I did very little guitar playing. I did a lot of painting houses and <laughs> a lot of teaching guitar because we just that's what we had to do to survive. Yeah. Uh, we had to get married because we, we had different different visas. So it was like a the, the marriage proposal was um, talking to an American immigration lawyer. Uh so he says, um, we have to get married. So she goes, yep, when by, or when by, when by. Oh, three weeks, okay. So <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Very rom- old school romantic. That's me. Yeah. So yeah. the three of us, uh, myself, my then new wife and my son, moved to, and lived over in Boston to do Susie's solo, you know, solo project, which we right. recorded which was Telly Love, record Telly Love, which Nuno I, produced. Actually, yeah, I can remember do, I remember watching one of the film clips for it, and yeah, it was a, different to the Baby Animals, but it still had her powerful vocals. Still had her voice on it. Yeah, it still had yeah my guitar. There was you know different elements in there. There's you know a couple of other guys that played, or different drummers. You know, we had used, Nuno played bass on most of it. I played bass on maybe one song. It was a great experience, though. It was an awesome. Yeah. The studio was called Longview, Longview Studios. Yeah, right. Jay, Jay Giles uh, recorded. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That studio. And Rolling right. Stones had rehearsed there and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was yeah. cool. Was there any baby animals material thrown around at that stage or was it just completely just all new material for Susie at that time? There was a couple of baby animals kind of demos that we yep. pilfered, I guess would be the mm. word. Yeah. Did they just go away or did you keep them and put them on like the, the next album that was going to come so many years later? Well, we actually what? recorded a couple of them for Susie's record. There's a couple right. of things that I'd written with the boys and we kind of pilfered them and used them because we, you know, needed material. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. One of, which was Satellite, which is probably probably the, my favourite song that we've ever done, me and Susan have ever yeah. done. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you still play it in the set now? No, we don't. We've never played it. Oh, yeah, we've right. There you go. Well, that might be something. Tuning, the, the whole thing was kind of written on on my grandmother's, when I used to live in my grandmother's house on marijuana in open F sharp <laughs> or something like that. And so we've never, we've actually never done it, but I'm, it's probably me personally. Probably it's probably my favourite moment yeah. that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then did you come back to Australia after that twelve months? No, we and... came back with our tail between our legs, and you know went back to the house and all that sort of stuff. And and then you were still back with Barnsley and with Richie Clapton. Yeah, went back. Yeah, my job was yeah. always there, and it was a bit different. But um, yeah, starved for a bit. I was still with Jimmy, yeah. Yeah. And did re- did a recording called Flesh and Heart, Heart and Flesh, Blood and Soul, something and something. I don't think it was ever released. But Mark right. Levis produced it, and John Farris played drums on it, and myself and Mark McEntee played guitars on it. And that was a 
but I was getting, I was getting paid by the day at that point. I was just on the payroll, so it yeah. was it was a job job. And and that's the thing, like you look at the bio or the Wikipedia, and at ninety six, and then it goes to like two thousand and seven. There's nothing in between. <laughs> The lost uh, years. Yeah, that, that, the lost years. So I was very interested to see, hear what you were doing at that stage and then the process of then getting it all back together. Who sort of negotiated? Obviously, was it Susie that called you to say, have some jams, let's see how it goes? We were always good friends anyway, you know, regardless yeah. of what happened. So I'll always be in her, in her corner, so to speak. Mm. So, yeah, but I just – I think – we sold the house in Sydney and then I moved to the Central Coast back to where I lived. But, you know, right. when I moved there, when I moved from there, I'm like, like, thought, so long, stink town, I'm never coming back. Next minute, <laughs> I'm back. You know, <laughs> You're so, back. So, bought a nice house in Wombrel and was teaching mm-hmm. guitar and, and, yeah, playing with Shannon Knoll. I did a whole bunch of <sighs> idol, actually, which was kind of lucrative. <laughs> It was lucrative. It was good. Actually, I tell you what, the the last time that I saw the baby animal was in Sydney. I actually got to shake hands with Shannon. Oh, he was there uh, he was, as well. He was really like he was just there. Like the, the gig had finished, and he was outside with his friends. And I was like, it's Nolly. <laughs> right. awesome. he, he didn't even come back and say say good day. Well, maybe he did. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I cooked up with the uh, the Idol family. Oh, right. And became yeah. a session musician. And played on a lot of, played on, you know, Shannon's first and second record, played a lot more on the second record than I did in the first. But uh-huh. that was, it's good. It's good pay. You know, it's good lucrative money. Did a lot of ads. So we survived doing that, you know, Don't without baby animals. And correct me if I'm wrong, it said you had credit for one of the Grinspoon albums. Did you did you work with Grinspoon? Yes, I did. Actually, uh-huh. I, played a, I played a guitar solo on a track called Kill Switch. Off, yeah, um, right. New Detention. I did not yeah, know that. Wow. I love those guys, man. I'd like, yeah, know, me too. Richie Neats, our uh, cohabiting guitar tech. So I said, oh, the boys, when you come along and have a blow on, on, a, on a song, you know, I'm like, oh, fine, right. So I went in there and had, had a listen, and they said, it's, it's this bit. It's like an eight-bar bit. Okay, cool. What keys? Yeah, 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 cool. And so, okay, just run one and I'll have a practice. So they ran one and I had a practice. And the producer, Phil McKellar, turns around and goes, that's fine, we got it. I'm like, oh, you haven't got it. I was just warming up. <laughs> having a blow, I was warming up. He goes, no, no, we've got it. You're done. 100 goes to this solo and they kept the first one. Wow. A note, yeah. Sometimes what happens sporadically is the best thing. That's right. Just interesting, like you were talking about last night at the, with the first album, how they were so strict with you with the recording, and then now you now you did the Grinspoon one, and it was the first take. It was a so, blower. And you listen to it, yeah, it's a blower. It's good. It it, it, it matches the the theme. It just you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a high energy thing. I like, oh, just was going going blow. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I try to get arty with it, and they're going, no, no, it's not working, man. <laughs> Don't go, Don't go with your head. Go with your heart. All right. Yeah, cool. So three days later, Vaughn, we're sitting watching MTV or Channel V or one of those. Oh, probably Channel V. And my son, Vaughn, he goes, that guy. I went, like, yeah. They played a Grinspoon track. He goes, I whooped his ass on Tony Hawk's skateboard the other day. 
<laughs> you didn't even know who he was. Okay. All oh, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. funny. Yeah, Vaughn, Vaughn's a dude. My son Vaughn is a dude. And is, he, is he playing guitar as well? Is he taking footsteps of the. No, he's in bar? finance. He's in finance. Okay. He used to play drums to the point where we. Where Mick, Mick stepped aside and Vaughn played drums on a couple of Baby Animals songs live. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's, he was really good. And he's, he's in, yeah, he's got other things going. Yeah. Yeah, right. Jumping very forward, actually, into like maybe a couple of weeks ago, did you play a gig with the Screaming Jets? I did after 30 years. Wow. I got yeah, my. Man, I was... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. What have I got? Thin Lizzy. Well, Thin Lizzy. Come on. <laughs> oh, yes. You win. <laughs> <laughs> During one of the, you know, an after show thing, Polly was sitting comes up, oh, oh, mate, Jimmy's going to do a got to do a, a, a folk gig. You want to step in for one? I'm like, fuck yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great. It was it was great. It was a great weekend. Obviously, be, being like a, a newie boy, I've seen them so many times. Just love those guys. They just keep rocking. Yeah. It's a great band. And it was yeah. really good to be part of that machinery. Completely did, different appreciation for their songs. Yeah. Did it, did it take you a while to fit in, or was it just one or two jams, away you go? We didn't even rehearse. Oh, really? Yeah, they sent oh, me a bunch wow. of songs and a kind of dodgy desk tape. Which, sorry, Paul, we were seeing, but it was a fucking dodgy desk tape. And we're, yeah, all right, okay. Just, oh, actually, myself and Scotty Kingman oh, yeah. caught up a couple of nights before and just Doshed out the parts. So who's playing what where? Mine was. I, I remembered most of it, you know. Yeah. So, and they and they said, oh, the bits that you don't remember, just make it up. We don't care. <laughs> but the band, the the machine's already the machine. You know what I mean? If you yeah. if you were like a if you were a penny on the railroad tracks, you're not going to make that much difference. If you make a mistake as a penny on a railroad track, it ain't going to make it ain't going to stop the train. So yeah. my little anomalies didn't really stop the train. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it was great. Right. I fucking loved it. it was really cool. I saw the like the band photo whole YouTube. My biggest one of the downloads uh, of a video is Baby Animals, Nino Betancourt uh, playing "Get the Funk Out" in Sydney. That's my most uh, downloaded uh, YouTube uh, wow. video. There you go. I think it's got like nearly twenty thousand views. So and me trying uh, to sing it. Yeah, well, he they st- started playing more than words, more than words, and it's like, oh, the crowd was going, oh, no. <laughs> and then they said, oh, no, 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 let's, let's play this one instead. <laughs> right, and he jumped out. So, he, yeah. He played the guitar that he gave me. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I have that guitar. That's really He's he, It's blessed. It's been blessed by the <laughs> sir, you know, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, so, fun. yeah, so you did like an acoustic album, is that right? To, to get back and bring out a recording. So how did that all come about? 2007. <clears throat> Huge skip. So, yeah, uh, like. Just, <laughs> the lost years. Well, I mean, there was a dad, you know what I mean? I'm teaching guitar, yeah. you know, raising kids, doing all that and, sort and of the, stuff, you know. And the other guys didn't want to be a part of it, or is that too touchy to be part Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it was just you, you and Susie. Um, we recorded in LA because Susie was living in LA at the time. Right. With, um, Justin's. Uh, we recorded with Justin Stanley from Noiseworks. He produced the record. That's a good record. 
We did work 11 yeah. songs in eight days. So like you're having a lot of fun doing that and recording it. Well, the, the version of Working for the Enemy, the country and western version of Working for the Enemy was really funny with the chickens running through it and stuff. Um, <laughs> it was it actually was a lot of fun. It was mm. a lot of, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to that record for a while, but it's a bang. It's it's good. It's a banger, and it's um, yeah. That you come back to Australia, and then you announced that you were gonna play some shows as a part of the Baby Animals. Or was that feeling like to be able to get out there and play some shows as the Baby Animals? As the original band? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, the chemistry's chemistry's always good. Yeah, you know, that, and it didn't take very long to get back together and start just playing the songs. No, we did a rehearsal in. We went to Perth. I think we started in Perth. Mm. Memory. We rehearsed for a couple of days or a couple of nights at a place, and then um, just bang through the songs. Yeah, it's muscle memory. You know, yeah, it's muscle memory. Yeah, like riding the, the bike, it's right? The, it's the personality <laughs> bits, the hard bit. The music bits, fine. The other bit, <laughs> and then you brought out your first album. This is not the end. The highly anticipated for all the baby animal fans that waited for so long, and and the tour as well. So uh, tell us about the process, uh, like the recording part of it. Uh, so this is not the end. Was myself, Susie, and two other guys, Mick Skelton and Dario Bortolin. So different rhythm section. Yeah, because so the, what do they bring to the band? Well, it's funny because they they brought to the band well their own personalities, of course. Mm. So mm. there's no tension anymore. There's no right. competitiveness. There's no none of the stuff. The, the different. It's a different kind of cauldron that we had from before. That record was great. It's one of my favorite records. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting songs. Uh, I think it was done to a budget rather than a standard at this point, if All I right. could be a little bit critical about it. But it's great. Yeah, I dig it. I love the uh, Got a Bad. Got a Bad, thanks. Yeah. That was one of the songs that didn't survive the, the original Baby Animals kind of de- the attempt at getting together. Oh, there you go. Uh, the, old, the old band members thought it sounded too Queens of the Stone Age. I'm like, well, really? Yeah, yeah. No I thought, well, great, it does. Good. But they are like that <laughs> too. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, that was my stand-up for me. And I, I'm glad that you said that because I think it could have fitted on either of the, the first two albums quite quite easily. Thanks, brother. It's a, it's a banger. It's a banger. Yeah. And then you went on a uh, – would have been a huge tour there for that album. What was the – reaction to the album and, and to for the tour as well i think it gave us a, a sense of purpose like it was a, a reason well nostalgia is nostalgia right so yeah don't do anything new then you're nostalgic if you do something new then you've got to you know keep pushing so it gave us that a, a fresh reason to to do things the label was kind of social media based it's called social family records which was good for us because it, they were hip on, you know, uh, MySpace or maybe freshly Facebook at the time. So that yeah. that worked really well for us. And it was it was good just to get out and play. Fresh guys, yeah. no arguments in the van. Everyone loved playing with each other, you know, with them 
with each other. Yes. So it was great. Yeah, it was cool. Did you do some international touring for that album, or was it just primarily no, Australia and New Zealand? Since since Shaved and Dangerous, we've not been we've not been abroad since oh, then. Right. There hasn't been that shit takes budgets, you know. It yeah. Takes, Tour support, it takes like major label support, especially coming from this far away. Yeah, it's a, a for my in my world, it's a thing of the past, you know. Be great and, to get and it's also like you're you're also sort of like jumping on support shows as well when they come to Australia, right? I mean, I see your support like quite a few international bands coming through here, right? We did a Bang and Def Leppard support one time, which is right. Yeah, it was us live and and Def Leppard, and that was that was a great. I think we maybe did two or three of the run that they did. That was that was a they were great nights. We opened yeah. up. We're good. We're good at being openers. You know what I mean? We're used to yeah. it. Forty-five so, minutes, you know, like like you were doing yeah, when you first started. Yeah, get out there and just hit them hard. Yeah, just hang out. And the guys from Live were really cool. I had a really good chat with um, Chad, the guitar player. On those nights, oh, right. yeah, and the, and even Vivian Campbell, Vivian Campbell came up. Right. Uh, oh, I love that. Sort of nest on the side of the stage, watching you guys set. Uh, yeah, I know you did, man. I was watching. I was watching you. <laughs> Vivian Campbell, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. So, what is the future for the baby animals? Continue to tour. Uh, there talks of like a new album coming out soon. You're writing new material. Well, that's the hard bit. <laughs> I, I live in Melbourne. Suze lives in Sydney. Mick lives in yeah. Hobart. There's, we're in talks. Right. Talks about doing it. We swap, you know, Susie, we swap a few ideas over the internet and stuff like that. Susie's got a, a little, I think it's a Pro Tools or a um, something or other on her lappy. And I run Pro Tools here. So I send her you know, ideas every so often. But I don't know, we're not as hungry as we used to be. You know, I've got a full-time job now, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, you know ideally, if I could afford to be with these guys and, and play every day, I would absolutely do it. I'd fucking do yeah. it every night, Pete. If there was some means by which we could all do it, and I'm talking for, you know, for Susie and Mick and Daria for the rest of it, if, we, if there was a means that we could do it, we would do it. But it's... Yeah. No, you know, this shit is different now. I want to ask you about your, what are you currently, if you were to play a baby animal set, what's your rig and what, what guitars are you using? I'm a guitar player myself, so I'm always okay. interested to hear, to hear your, what you're sort of using. I've seen in the past JCM 800, JCM 900. So what are you using at the moment? Ah, that's a good question, man. Well, I usually say, "Oh, my rig is anything that I don't have to. I don't have to personally carry into." The <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> good answer. So it usually starts <laughs> with a rental a rental quad box. Yes. <laughs> and um, I've got this amp called a, a Melbourne Melbourne Amp Company. This guy Don Kahinga, he lives out at East. It's hand wired. It's like a really crunchy sixty watt clean head. His whole thing is uh, crunch, not fizz, so it doesn't it, it overdrives, but it's just a nice thing. And that, that's my that's my the basis of my baby animals rig is that right. head. So I can fly that head round. That's check in baggage. 
Right. It comes in just kind of a whisker over 25 kilos. So <laughs> if we sweet talk the person, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, we'll let it on. So, yeah, that, right. you know, cased. That's a great amp. Wind the amp up as loud as it'll go and just go. <laughs> that's a, that's, <laughs> Usually that's works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't give it your day job. Yeah, that, was by, <laughs> that was by Suze. All oh, right. <laughs> Edward Van Halen told me one time, never drink anything you can't see through. <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's the best piece, but it was a piece. Yeah, that's right. Significant, right. significant piece. Tell us about your, your social medias, Dave. Where can we find you for... Uh, Australian listeners and for uh, international listeners as well. I'm Dave Leslie on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm also uh, Baby Animals Band on both those platforms and Truck Band Melbourne because I've got a new band coming out. Better do our second record with Nick the Deer in the next couple of months or so. So yeah, I'm still active, still active. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And to finish off, Dave, uh, I, I normally finish off by asking just a couple of quick questions. Uh, yeah. Give me your top two or three favorite things of all time. Dave, who are your top three guitar players of all time? Um, Hendrix, Beck, and Page. Sorry, Clapton. Oh. Okay. What was the first album you ever bought? 20 Electrifying Hits by KTEL, I think it might have been. Yeah, right. In, what was the last album you bought? Esquivel. It was a vinyl. Esquivel, oh. uh, Space Age Love Music or something like that. I'm into vinyl these days. That was the last album I bought. Yeah. Okay. What are your top two or three favourite albums of all time? My top three albums? Axis Boulder's Love by Jimi Hendrix. One Size Hits All by Frank Zappa and like Desert Island Disc, probably Spilt Milk by Jellyfish. Okay. Three albums from Australian bands. Kevin Borich, Celebration. Anything by Daddy Cool. Oh, come on. First Ice House record. The first Flowers record. Yeah. Three places that you've been to, your three favourite destinations, and then three places where you'd like to go in the future. Okay, New Orleans, New York, and New something else. <laughs> okay, that's two out of three news, New South Wales. <laughs> um, <laughs> New Orleans, New York, and Helsinki. I loved. Ooh, I loved Helsinki. Right. I've never been to Prague. I've never been to Shanghai. And I've never been to uh, Tokyo. Wow. I don't know if you're into books, but uh, do you have three favourite books? First one would be Still Life with Woodpecker. Mm. I'm into audio books. I love the Flea audio book. The right. Flea audio book was unbelievable because I set it on my little Bose Bluetooth speaker when I'm doing road trips, and it's like Flea narrating his life sitting in your, your passenger seat. Yes. That's really cool. So that would be my number two. And, and another audio was probably Mark Lanigan's. Oh, yeah, all right. You know, I like, I like fantasy, but I like stories as well. Mark Lanigan's, it's hard, man. It's a hard read. 
Last one, Dave. Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? All, all time? Kevin Boric. Boric is my man. Yeah. We're, why? we're friends. My mum used to go and, you know, see him, take me to see him all those years ago. He can he can play. He can play that guy. He's like the, he's like the hero. The guy that I still that I, that I still connect con, you know connect with. Yeah, yeah that's a hard, that's a tough question. It is a very tough question. Tough question. I mean, you know, my son Vaughn's my hero on certain given days. You know, he, oh he, right. Three of my boys are my heroes on any given day. Thank you very much for your time, Dave. I really do appreciate it. I'm chomping at the bit uh, when you replied back to me and. You know, huge Baby Animals fan and really respect uh, your playing and you've played with everybody and continue to do what you're doing and making people happy and you're doing all these tours with uh, all different bands and, and and all the best for the future. Thanks very much, man. Well, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll keep in touch because you know, I'd really like that. Yeah, that was really cool. It was a great experience. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor burn free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.